Get to the church, blind! Get to the church, blind! Go! Now! I'm Pete Mitchell, and he's Peyton Jones, and you're listening to Hardcore Church Planning, the companion podcast for the Church Planner Podcast and Church Planner Magazine. Each week, we'll bring you interviews from planners who are in the trenches making it happen right now. These active church planners bear it all, share their successes, their failures, and what they'd wish they'd known when they were first starting out. Listen in to discover how God is working in their church plan. Hey, church planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. Welcoming you to another episode of Hardcore Church Planning, where uh, we believe it's time to go hard or go home. I believe that's the uh, tagline, isn't it there, Peyton? That's how Arnold Schwarzenegger says it. <laughs> Why don't you uh, introduce our guests as we uh, get into this episode? Okay, so I'm excited to have these guys on here because they work for one of my church planning heroes, Mr. Richard T. Warren. And I made the T up because I don't actually know uh, what his middle name is. But we'll just say Tiberius because uh, he is piloting kind of like the Starship Enterprise of church planning. Guys planning all over the world. And uh, this is his Spock and uh, Chekhov. So... We're going to talk today to uh, Jay Cranda and Dave Alford. Jay is the pastor of Saddleback's online campuses, and Dave is Dave Alford is the pastor of leadership development, and that includes uh, developing church planning, uh, church planters, and um, involves the launch uh, strategy uh, training, and we want to hear all about that. So guys, welcome on board today. Thank you. The Starship Enterprise. <laughs> it's good to be on the Starship, yes. Great. Well, one of the things we like to do when we get started is uh, find out how you came to faith, just so we've got a uh, a story to put with the voice that everyone's hearing. So why don't we start off with Jay? Why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, story of how you came to faith? Yeah, and, and thanks for uh, having me on the show. Uh, yeah, you know, for me, very early on, I, I came from a family that uh, divorced very early. And um, I have two younger brothers and kind of in that phase um, became my, my dad actually took off a little bit early on in life as well. And my mom raised us. And during that phase, actually, and I'm accelerating it, but for the sake of uh, the show and talking about church planning, I'll just get right to the point of it that during that phase where my mom was raising me and my boys, um, her boys, um, I got uh, my mom started to d- deal with drug issues and different things like that. And we were kind of all by ourselves. And my home was really chaotic and not peaceful. And uh, it was actually during that phase that I got invited to a church uh, through uh, cousins um, that were kind of cousins of mine. They're like brothers. And um, they uh, they had just started going to a church and it had changed their lives. And they invited me to their church. It was a church of about 600 here in Southern California. And um, all I can say is that all I remember is that, you know, I had a chaotic kind of family parent roles, you know, growing up. And all I knew was my home wasn't restful. But whenever I was at church, church, I found myself um, just at peace. And uh, it was hmm. through that experience. It was a Saturday night. It was actually in uh, 2000. It was June 3rd, 2000. Um, I uh, came to Christ. And um, really, the big part of it is um, my my pastor at that time became like a father to me. And my church became my home. And uh, that's why I ended up going into full-time ministry was because um, the church was so important at some pretty important parts of my life. And I just, I wanted to do that and help other people get, come to know Christ and come to live for Christ. That's awesome. 
Mm. Right on, man. So discipleship was a big deal for you. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Dave, Dave. why don't you uh, tell us your story? All right. And you got like two minutes because I said that really quick. <laughs> and, and Jay is half my age, so if I had to, <laughs> I will make mine quick. Now, I was, I was blessed to be uh, raised in a Christian home. And uh, folks were genuine believers. Uh, I think I started going to church before I was born and uh, kept right on going. My, my parents were what we used to call pillars of the church. And so I uh, just kind of grew up in church. That was my experience. And uh, so it was kind of natural to follow my, my parents uh, in their faith and make a decision early on. Uh, to follow Christ. Although, as I tell people, I think I made that decision several times because I wanted to make sure I was headed in the right direction. And so anytime anybody made a, you know, a good altar call, I was there. Um, and then uh, uh, as a teenager, I think that's where faith really began to grow. I think that's what happens with a lot of kids in menace, uh, in the grew up in church is uh, you have to go through the process of taking your parents' faith and making it your own faith and I did that, uh, thankfully, without a lot of uh, too many bumps along the way. Uh, and so I've been very fortunate to be nurtured in that kind of spiritual environment. I also come from a ministry family and maybe just making the connection with, with church planting. Um, probably everybody in my family, extended family, except my folks that were involved in full-time ministry, including a, a maternal or excuse me, a paternal grandmother who... Uh, uh, was from Wales, and she uh, early on made a decision uh, to follow Christ as a young adult. Uh, an incredible story. don't have time, obviously, to tell it all now, but as a young woman back in the 1920s got on board a, a ship in Liverpool and came to the U.S. so she could go to Bible school, she met her husband in Bible school, and the two of them, when they graduated, began ministry and planted churches uh, all through uh, Central and Northern California. So I come by the interest in church planting. I guess there's some some genes in there that uh, have affected me. Uh, and uh, so that was a, a great influence uh, on me as well. That's awesome, man. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize, not to go off on this big tangent, but uh, tip, typical of the Welsh, man, they get around. They travel. New Zealanders and Welsh people, they move. And, uh, <laughs> But they're also tough, man. So it's not surprising. You know, there's no Downton Abbey going on in Wales, man. <laughs> I, I don't think they even have a character who's quite like the the Welsh. It's a rough place, man. It's like, uh, you know, back in that day, man, the whole place was like Detroit. It was all coal mines and steel mills. And they were tough people, man. So that that is very impressive. Well, tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing now. Uh, well, let me start. Uh and one of the things, because we're really talking church planting, uh, one of the things that we are really, um, I, th I think, uh, fortunate to be working on at Saddleback is that we've got a pretty sizable online campus. Jay, as he already said, is the pastor of the online campus. Um, and we have oh, probably in the range of close to 20,000 people a week who tune in and watch Saddleback services online. And a long time ago, uh, long time ago, at least in terms of online campuses, which isn't that old. But we made a decision that we wanted to have more than just an audience out there watching services. 
uh, that we wanted to try and engage that audience and uh, to really help them uh, grow in spiritual maturity. And so one of the things that we work on really hard is to get people who are experiencing our online campus not to just be an audience. But we try and get them into small groups uh, that can start on uh, uh, online. They can actually do a virtual small group. But ultimately, we push and try and get them into face-to-face community because we think that's where real discipleship uh, happens. And a couple of years ago, as, as this started taking shape, one of the things that we thought was, well, if we've got a lot of small groups going on all over the world that are connected with Saddleback Church, what if we created a pathway to potentially help people who are gathering people in small groups, house churches, if you will, what if we came up with a church planting strategy for those folks and mm. actually worked to uh, create a pathway both for their groups to, to grow and multiply and become churches and to grow and develop the leaders who are leading those small groups. And so we are sort of, I would say, halfway through a pathway with some of our our groups these days in trying to actually help them become churches. It's very organic. Uh, it's very experimental. Uh, we've made lots of mistakes at it, but it's it's probably the thing that we are most passionate and most excited about right now. And Jay's the guy who who really works on that, makes it go on a day to day basis. Maybe you ought to talk about some of that experience. Yeah, I mean, you know, with online church, you know, that role obviously that experience has been around for um, you know five, eight, you know, plus years now. You know what, Jay? And, l- let me hold you right there. Yeah, I think. For too many of our listeners, they need to understand what what does the online church look like for you guys. So yeah. why don't we start there, and then we'll go where we're going with that. Because yeah, no, perfect. For us, uh, when when I say, and, and it's actually it's a great question. It's quite a great clarifying question because everybody does online church differently. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody leverages it differently for their vision. Some people, when they say online church, all they mean is their stream that there's a way for them to, to watch the service that's happening in a building somewhere and, you know, they can still capture it. For us, what we mean by online church is that I really mean is that we have a weekly service, six live services and an on-demand service is one part of the element of the online church. But really the main kind of community-driven element is our small groups that meet. And we have here at Saddleback, you can be part of an online group that meets online. It's almost like a Facebook-like experience. Um, and that has access to our Saddleback Church small group studies. And that is an online group. But that is not the only way you can be part of the community the online ca- campus. You can also be part of a small group that meets in a home, non-locally to a campus. So really any group that's, you know, you know, 40, pretty much an hour and a half away from a campus. And we have campuses both regionally and internationally that any of those that are non-local to a campus fall underneath the online campus. And so when I, when I say online church is that I mean the people that are watching every week online that have committed to be part of Saddleback Church by either hosting an online group or hosting a small group in their home. And so really, most of the time when I introduce myself, I say I'm the online campus pastor at Saddleback. But I, I usually say, really, in reality, I'm a small groups pastor with a online venue to get people connected, mm. really to help people contextualize that. I, you That's know, pretty powerful. I, yeah, I, I love that whole concept because... Um, one of the things like we talk about on uh, the Church Planner podcast and hardcore church planning, 
that you know Peyton has got this great history of working with church planners, being a church planner, and my background and what I do has always been on the business side of things. And one of the things that I I've had for years now is a, an online mastermind group where we meet in our case once a month. And so t- t- to me, like the whole idea of a church doing this is really cool. Like I love that concept because like the guys who are in my mastermind group, none of them would ever quit. I mean, they love that thing. We've been doing it literally for years now. We happen to do it really using Google Hangouts, which is what we're using right now to record. And, and, you know, we got one guy in the Bahamas and a couple of guys in Florida and a bunch of guys all over California. And it's, it's just, I mean, we get to see each other, but yet we live literally in our case all over the world. So a church using that to me, it's just, it's a really cool idea. Um, just w- one question I got about the, the online small groups that you guys do are they, you know, are they video? Are they audio? Is it like chat, like where you're texting, you know, like Facebook, you know, where you're just typing? I mean, what does it actually look like? Yeah, and every group is very different. And, and I always say people that gravitate towards online church, at least the experience, there's obviously a heavy outreach element to it. But we tend to get the more digital native kind of entrepreneurial type of person. You know, you're either going to survive or you're going to die in this type of campus. And I know it right off the bat. And so I usually... I try to find them something pretty quickly, you know, if they're in a state where they need to find a local church, if that's an option. But for the most part, our online groups, it's primarily what they use, our base system, and we have an internal uh, system. It's it's something that's self-built. It's not open to the public. It's uh, My Saddleback is kind of our internal system, and it's all chat-based. But what I do on the back end, we haven't dived into the video type of element. We actually have about five or six years ago. It just got it costs a lot of money to do the video development elements. It's just not a cheap thing to do. And it's just the ongoing cost of it is just heavy. So what we, what we have provided was a place that you can host a group, have a private roster that's linked to our database, access to our video material. So we have all the rights. So we, you know, we don't have to worry about it getting out. You can have prayer. You can interact heavily. And then if you want a video element, we encourage people to use Google Hangouts, to use Zoom, go to my PC. A lot of our people actually just gravitate towards the technology that they're most familiar with. And so most of our groups use video technology, but we don't, we kind of do a recommend, hey, here's how you can use like a base chat, but hey, please use video. And a lot of people, what they tend to do is that they use a chat base for their large group, kind of, you know, eight or 10 people. Mm. And then they do a lot of accountability kind of meetings via one-on-one using Skype or other technologies, but every group is very different because, you know, even video technology, geographically different, you know, uh, places use different technology, you know, and so like Google Hangout might be good here, but Zoom in some circles are way more popular. And I know, especially in Orange County, we have some people that have moved away or travel and they might do an online group, but they might have access to it, you know, a Cisco type of system that they can use that's way better. And so we just tend to provide a base level and then they kind of just use whatever technology that works within their group of friends. But along with that, what I think what's really important, because this will be sort of the philosophical piece Mm -hmm. of it, is we do that because people who are getting onto the online campus tend to be pretty comfortable in the digital world. Mm -hmm. uh, And and a good step into community for them is is perhaps to make it a virtual step so they can they yeah. can use our system but we firmly believe that in a in a spiritual discipleship a maturity building environment 
that that really needs to take place in face-to-face community. So we treat the online groups as a intermediate step hmm. toward getting people into face-to-face community. And, and we, Jay works on this really hard to encourage people to find some, some friends, some people that they know in their area and begin a face-to-face small group uh, just because we think that's important for doing life together. Uh, and and for growing together uh, spiritually and and really everything we do is I say the vision for the online campus is to get people from online to offline by hosting a group in their area and so that's really our goal and so then we have steps in that and it's like start watching every week online start an online group and then twice a year and with Saddleback if you're familiar with Saddleback language we do you know once a year campaigns where we push all of our small groups to go through material and usually during that campaign season uh, that's when I will send a direct email to our online group host. Hey, maybe this is the time you do a group in your home mm. and you think about it and I challenge mm-hmm. them and, you know, we'll, we'll even ship out material. And, um, and really two thirds of our group are in homes. Two thirds of, of all of the online campus small groups do meet in homes. They don't meet online. And so it's really our online groups are, uh, really, you know, only one third of our total groups. And so it's really exciting. A lot of those change. That's powerful, man. And I can even see that for the guys on the ground who are listening and going, well, I'm probably not going to do the online group per se, or I would have never thought about it. But there's two implications I see of this. Number number one, um, you know, like say if you're trying to start small groups and you need to train people, boom, this is a great way to train people. Like I, I was talking with our small group leader on Sunday and I'm like, hey, um, you know, uh, I got people that are interested and he's starting to corral people and he's going to train them how to lead small groups. And of course, you know, they, there's one implication there, but but also something I had never thought of, because um, most of my outreach that I do with church has small groups, whether it's like mm-hmm. starting in a Starbucks or doing like open mic night in a coffee house or whatever it is, it's going to involve interaction and discussion. You've made me think on this broadcast. I've never, ever considered the fact that you start an online discussion group as a portal into a local church. That's pretty powerful. And, you know, I always, you know, I was actually just talking to a friend of mine that planted a church in Phoenix. And I actually had I had been out to a couple of the launch preview services to kind of just be ground support. And this was about six years ago, and we ran into each other and got coffee. And he was asking, how can Church Online ever help with somebody like in my context or somebody who planted a church. And one of the things I threw out, I said two ways. One way is that, you know, you could easily throw up an online service with zero cost and, you know, grow your local venue. And, you know, things like Google Grants money, you know, you get $10,000 a month for a nonprofit, free advertisement money if you register through the Google Grant process. So you can get free money to advertise your church plant. Um, You have to be in corporate. You have to have all the official paperwork, but that's free advertisement. And then you throw up a service that is on demand, that's running 24-7, and then you have all your next steps right there. Obviously, you do your ad targeting within a 15-mile radius of wherever you're physically located. The other thing is it's also great for scouting and uh, for potential places, that what if you throw up a type of service, you capture a, a service, maybe a special message from you, and uh, you throw it up on a web page, you know, kind of a lead type page, an email capturing page, and you throw around some targeting into a potential area and you see the type of response without any real estate investment, without anything. You can literally do this, you know, under three hundred dollars and you could figure out, should I really plant in that area of that city? 
and you can figure out just with an online expression and then also obviously you can take it even a step further and do some online groups as well to kind of start rallying and get leaders committed before you even show up into that area. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Wow. You know, I, I got to ask a follow-up question on that because um, I'm sure you had Peyton at $10,000 grant. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, yeah. But, yeah. Um, so uh, one one quick question I've got on that, you know, one of the things that, that we talk about a lot on our podcast and in the magazine is uh, we try to really encourage our church planners and the church planners that we really uh, work with a lot who come through, like we've got a program called Jump School, um, who are avid listeners of the podcasts. They are most interested in reaching the lost right? Not in reaching those that are already saved, looking for a new church. You know, maybe I'm upset with my current church and I want to go to a new one, whatever, right? And and not to take away from that. I mean, people need to, to find a home, whatever, but that's that's not usually who our guys are, are trying to go for. So my question is, um, on the advertising side, what type of uh, suggestions have you given to some of those church plants, you know, as they're targeting a 15 mile radius like you're talking about if you're trying to reach the lost it's a very different message than if you're trying to reach someone who's already saved right i mean the the things that you advertise what you offer things like that it's a totally different thing what do you recommend to them that they ought to be advertising to that 15 mile radius that's a great question and and just to be honest i'm you know marketing wise i wish uh, a fellow member of our team Ephraim millenberg was in here who actually Ephraim has a lot of church planting experiences. His parents planted a, a couple of churches. And so Ephraim is our, our marketing uh, point person over this and um, here with the online campus. But we think a lot about that. I mean, everything we do, you know, at Saddleback, we say a lot, you know, the only thing you can't do in heaven is evangelism. And really that's what we're about um, with the online church, you know, especially with Saddleback Church and with somebody like Rick Warren, we could grow a very large crowd easily if we bought ads. Right. you know, red purpose driven life. And we know that potential and there's a smart way to leverage that. And there's an unwise way to leverage that. And for us, we want to reach the person who doesn't know Christ. And so for us, we definitely think a lot and around the language. And so for us, we tend to try to stay away from in any type of advertisement that uses things like church even, or things that might mm-hmm. be affiliated with hurt, but use some of the language. And I, I have the benefit of relying off something like the purpose driven life book a lot of that language is compelling language of mm. purpose and calling and meaning in my waste in my life. And those are the type of things that the language we tend to lean toward that can be um, helpful. And so the idea, hey, you want to know a purpose for your life? Hey, you know, and you can watch this live service for free, you know, kind of thing. And those are, those are the type of things that I would challenge anybody. Stay away from words um, that are, you know, it's culturally you can be just surrounded by things that make sense to you. But I think the challenge is hang out with people more regularly that don't know Christ, you know, do personal evangelism and you will start remembering trigger words, words that start conversations. Yeah. And a couple of things on that too, that, that might be helpful. Um, e- even with what we're broadcasting and what we're broadcasting is Saddleback's weekend service, which is a service that's certainly designed for unchurched people to feel comfortable, but it's not necessarily a website that you would think, uh, people who are far from the Lord would stumble on. Mm. But the reality is last year we had what through the online campus over 500 salvations, I think it was, it was, it was 1100. Yeah. Okay. That's over 500. Yeah. Then my numbers are too conservative. I'm <laughs> yeah. not pastoral enough there. 
So over a thousand people gave their lives to the Lord watching that service. But in addition to that, and, and Jay mentioned one of the guys on our team, one of the things that we're trying to do is think about how can we build a bridge to our online campus. And, and so thinking about an audience that would never stumble onto a church website, is there a way that we can create a, a place for them to come on? So we're experimenting with some things there. It is, you know, such a new area, such a new field. I think that it's it's wide open for experimentation, and we're certainly trying to to do our experimenting with it. But it's phenomenal the way that people respond to it. And the only thing I would like to add to that, just for church planners listening, people that have planted or considering planting, is something that we've even watched is the TV the TV connected devices that are happening more mm. and more. You know, we launched a Roku app a couple of years ago, and actually, like 30% of our total audience watches on a Roku. And through some surveys we're learning is that really 40 and it's about 45% to 50% of our community is watching with somebody else. And so when you think about that rallying is that it's not uh, it's not that I was actually just reading a couple a uh, couple days ago, uh, Proverbs 18:1, that idea of and this is really the fear behind church online. You know, the one who isolates himself uh, is, is hurting himself. Um, and that's not the online campus, somebody watching alone, really, really the trend is going that more and more people are watching with their spouse or with their family. And I, I get, I just got an email. I forwarded this to Dave yesterday that somebody watches with, you know, their, I think it was a girlfriend and boyfriend. They watch every week online and they, they bring in their mom every week to watch with, with them. And so I, when I think about the online campus, I think about a community of people in a home and I, I'm thinking mm-hmm. more of a couch than on a desktop. And when you think about that as a church planner, you're thinking, okay, how can I rally that and use that for a vision and ultimately to get them into biblical community? Absolutely. And if you're, I mean, you know, kind of going from that, it, it's almost like that could become, if that grows big enough, that becomes a core team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and that, so now you come on to the strategy that we're really working with right now is we're thinking we've got in the neighborhood of a thousand small groups that are connected with our online campus all over the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, as Jay said, about a third of those are online. About two thirds of those are groups that are meeting in homes. And so with those kinds of numbers, and if we are helping people grow in spiritual maturity, we figure that out of a thousand small groups, there's got to be some that are just natural gatherers of people. Yeah. Uh, that they've got that gift. They aren't thinking of themselves as a church planter, but they have the ability to get people together. And so what we are doing is working with those, trying to identify those and actually work with them and help build them individually and teach them how to take their group and turn it more into a house church and then maybe a cluster of house churches and then ultimately perhaps uh, even a church itself. So uh, we've, we've seen that possibility. We've not cracked the code on it yet, but, uh, but we think there's some real strong possibilities there. I can see just the evangelist in me loves this. So number one, I'm, I'm super grateful you guys are experimenting because that's, that's what you're doing. You're mentioning things on this interview that are so cutting edge that, uh, nobody else is talking about this. And I love the fact that you're pioneering this. And, you know, we, we have this saying in the network that I work with for church planning that's the only failure is a guy who never tried. Mm. And so the fact that you guys are trying it and you're messing around, your heart is to expand the kingdom. And I know that from Rick. I know that, that when Rick was talking to us, because uh, we call him Rick, we're that, we're that tight with him. <laughs> 
you know. And uh, and and so when when we were talking with Rick, we actually it's a, it's a funny story. We sat down to, uh, next to him at Exponential, the leaders, uh, kind of the speakers yeah. uh, dinner. Um, I was I was participating in 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 the first Expo uh, Expo West, and we sat down next to him. We snuck in late, and uh, we sat at the back table, and Rick was sitting there. We didn't realize we sat down next to him. And we're like, oh crap, you know. Like, <laughs> Felt like we were at the adult table and uh, we needed to, to find yeah, the like, kitty table. Yeah, we're like, okay, we're at the wrong table, obviously. And we, we ended up chatting with him and he was sharing that whole strategy of, mm. you know, if, if, you, if you do this stuff online, um, your leaders are going to emerge. The Holy Spirit has his feelers. But I love the fact that this is something that um, you're reaching unchurched people with as and i love the way you put it that this is the front porch you know this is the doorstep this is this is their first step for someone who's never walked through the doors of a church this is perfect for them Mm -hmm. and i totally get that as an evangelist um so hey guys where do we find and tap into uh the stuff you're doing like is is there a website that people can go to or um somewhere where they can get involved if they want to kind of pioneer uh, maybe in their area, kind of get involved and, and form a group? How do they find you guys? That's, that is a great question. Um, for, you know, for me, I, I actually do write pretty regularly about uh, church online and what I'm learning. And on my, uh, on my personal blog, it's just jcranda.com. Um, but I write a lot about church online and I definitely struggle a lot trying to figure out the biblical kind of way of doing that. And I share our learnings as well um, as we do learn with the church planting. Um, And obviously it's something that, you know, anybody who's listening, you know, I'm more than welcome to talk to them and and explain in more detail, a little bit more inside ball to kind of explain, you know, because there are some big hurdles that we've, big hurdles that we've jumped over and some steps that we definitely would recommend some people to avoid language wise. And so um, that's something you can include in the show notes, um, you know, contact info. I would love to uh, help out in any way. Cool. Yeah, and I, I am, I'm available for that as well. Just a couple of things that uh, people may want to check into. Give them a couple of websites here. One is uh, called mysaddleback.com, uh, which is what we uh, actually use for um, kind of the platform for our online campus. And it is a relatively new uh, website, I guess a redesign of a website that we've done and, and it is uh, an integral part of our strategy at Saddleback uh, in terms of spiritual maturity as well. And uh, it's one that we are designing. It's, it's kind of being developed as we go along, but the, the content and the website itself is one that we're designing uh, is something that we can give away to churches. And so we hope to get to that point eventually, but that might be something that would be helpful just to trigger some ideas and kind of see what we're, we're doing. Uh, and that's, I guess that's probably the, the key one. Yeah. Let me just stop with that. And, and that's, that would be, I think, a good one to check out. Awesome. And, and so if we want to kind of go and check out the online church um, campus, where do we go? What website do I go to for that? Go to saddleback.com. Uh, and okay. uh, services are available on there. Uh, if they've got a Roku, uh, they also can go to, there's a Saddleback channel that's available on Roku that they yeah. can take a look at as well. Just out of curiosity, do you guys know, um, was it really expensive to create that Roku app? It, um, there's a couple ways that you can do it. Our, we, we spent 
um, I think it was 10,000. Um, you can do it for as little as 3,000. It kind of depends on your options. Um, I know, I definitely know of uh, different people that develop that. So there's definitely, there's, there's bigger ways you can do it, lower ways. And obviously the more you pay for it, the more reliable it is. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <main> yeah. thing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, awesome. That's awesome. Awesome, man. Well, guys, thanks for uh, doing what you do. It's pretty, pretty hot stuff. Stuff I've never heard of, and that always excites me. Uh, I have the uh, Malcolm X philosophy of church planning by any means necessary. So, uh, very cool. We like that. That's uh, good. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, uh, anyways, guys, it's been awesome having you on. This has been Dave Alford and Jay Crana from Saddleback Online Campus and Saddleback Leadership Development. Been an honor to have you guys on here and talk with us. And thanks for uh, sharing that stuff with our planners. And uh, let's have Arnold sign us out. Remember, if you're called to church planting, go hardcore or go home. You've been listening to Hardcore Church Planning. Hardcore Church Planning has been brought to you by the Church Planner Podcast and the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the App Store for both Apple and Android devices. If you like this episode, leave us a positive review. If you didn't like this episode, we'll be happy to give you your money back.